Welcome to the Good News Fredericksburg series on the We Are Business podcast. My name is Ina Talca and I am joined by my co-host Tabitha Hall. We want to thank Rapine Electric Cooperative for sponsoring this series as we share the good news in our community. Let's do this. Alrighty, everybody, we are here for some good news. Good Who news. wants to start us off? Mm. Well, I will start. Um, so if you all are on social media, if you're on social media, you know that the Fredericksburg Food Co-op just opened yes. the other day and they had um, the grand opening, I think like yesterday. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Well, if you're listening to this, it was Monday. I don't know. Uh, one of those days. So the coolest thing is that um, this is a member owned grocery mm-hmm. store, but a lot of our members are part of that Fredericksburg Food Co-op and have a little section in the grocery store. Have you seen the little tote bags that everybody has that says, I own a grocery store with my friends? Low key, I was really like, I really want to join so I can get that bag. (laughs) Get the grocery bag. (laughs) Get the grocery bag. But my good news, my whole purpose of mentioning this is that One More Taco has a little section Mm -hmm. in, um, I think it's like their prepared food section. Yeah. So you can buy like burritos, One More Taco salsa, Mm. both green and red. We love that for all of us. And their tortillas and a burrito. Nice. So congratulations to One More Taco. And that's a big deal. I know they've been working so hard to innovate and mm-hmm. add new things to their menus like brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have a little spot in the grocery store, I think, is super, super exciting. So congratulations to Maria and your team. Uh, that's awesome. And to all of our members who may have um, mm-hmm. little sections there because a lot of it is locally owned food and produce. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I am so excited because sports are coming back like they've been back like we've been Mm -hmm. able to watch them on tv and stuff but like we can actually start going and that's really exciting you know we just just finished uh march madness Mm -hmm. great game locally we have we have the fred nat starting up in a month or two about a month and we also have dominion raceway Mm. so if you're you know into the cars into racing all that they actually just started this past weekend was their uh season opener they have more races um, on April 10th, which is this coming weekend. Mm. So if you're looking for something to do, it's only about a 20-minute drive south of Fredericksburg. It's not far at all. Thornburg Super. exit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thornburg exit. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, we've been out there, and it's great facilities and everything. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend uh, in the amazing weather that we're going to have, um, I'm going to suggest you go to Dominion Raceway and catch a race. And all of their events are on our calendar. Mm-hmm. I do know that because I approve them every day. Um, a lot of their concerts are on our calendar, yeah. so on our e-newsletter. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm so excited that stuff is coming back. All right, Jess, you're up. What do you have for us today? All right, so because I'm new to the podcast, I'm going to start off with our new chamber members. So with the premier level, we have Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. Ooh. Yeah, and you know we mm. love that here. Anna's sitting across from me with the Dunkin' <laughs> Donuts iced coffee. Running on Dunkin'. <laughs> Running mm-hmm. on Dunkin'. Um, then we have True by Hilton. And then Data Stream Broadband. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just witnessed their ribbon cutting the other day. It was pretty cool. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and then the, on the innovator level, we have Walmart Stores in South Point. Oh, cool. Arsenal awesome. Events, Pure Bar S- uh, Stafford, Outlaw Enterprises. And then on the choice side, we have Melon Mushroom, which I already mentioned. is fan- It's amazing. So mm. you guys got to check it out when they open. Pita Bread's amazing. Yeah. Or the Funky Q. What is it called? Funky Q, it's like barbecue chicken pizza. Ooh. It's pretty good. I haven't been to a Mellow Mushroom since like middle school, so I'm very excited. It's so good. And then like the bruschetta, like you wouldn't think to get that out of a pizza place, but. Mm. Just kisses. It's pretty good. And then we have Mosaic Care Center. Groups recover together. 
Rafine Investments. And then on the classic side, we have Child Help and Sanford Federal. So big shout out to all the new members and welcome to the chamber. Love yeah, that. that that's some that's a good list right there. It's a great yeah, list. It's, it's pretty hefty. <laughs> pretty hefty. Yeah. We love to see that, especially with the year that we've had. Mm-hmm. So congrats to Wendy and um, yeah. our team for, you know, spreading the good news of the chamber and how we can help businesses and growing that list. So once again, welcome to the chamber. Awesome. Let's uh, go to REC. Let's do it. We've got a really cool conversation today with Peter Mohoro of Wrapping Hand Collector Cooperative. He, you are also a PhD. You're a smart guy, Peter. <laughs> well, apparently someone thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is the vice president of strategy and technology. Ooh. And I think all of our listeners are really going to get into this conversation to really hear how much thought and planning and process and everything else that you guys have put into this. So let's start right off the top, Peter. Tell us a little bit about your background. And I'm sure people like me were like, what does that title even mean? <laughs> so give us the whole nitty gritty. Give us give us kind of your, your life's journey and, and what you do at REC. Absolutely. Uh, excited to be here. And uh, thank you to the chamber for uh, hosting me. We're excited to, uh, to share some of the things we're doing at REC and the future of the cooperative. And and um, so my background, I'm a physicist by training. So I, I spent a lot of time in, in labs working with lasers. And that's mm. when I lost all my hair. And I decided <laughs> I needed to do something different. And so I spent a lot of time uh, looking at energy issues. And really the, the thing that laid out the foundation in my career has been two things. The most expensive unit of energy is the one that you do not have. And then the second most expensive unit of energy is the one that is deployed and managed and consumed inefficiently. Mm. So those two things is what got me excited about being in the energy industry, but specifically the electric cooperative model, because that this is truly what the model, I call it by the people for the people, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, so that's what excites me about being uh, in this role at Rappahannock. I'm coming up to a year uh, pretty soon, but I've spent the last uh, decade or so working with and for electric cooperatives in areas of technology, uh, moving us forward into what the future looks like, setting corporate strategy, and really driving um, the, 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 the future of what we could call the utility 2.0 or 3.0 or whichever point oh we want to be at. <laughs> cool. I love that. That's pretty cool. So what are some of the um, fun things that you, you you said you went from lasers to this. So what is this? Do you, are you just studying and researching all day? Do you have a lab like Dexter or like what is it? <laughs> well, I wish I had a lab. Usually I tell people now that I lost my hair, I just rub my head and ideas come up, right? And so, <laughs> like I've got this crystal ball right here. But really what I spend a lot of time is um, and my teams historically we spend time on looking at what technologies exist. Which ones can we pilot? Which ones can we look at and say and ask the question of how do we continue to have that mission and vision the cooperative has while moving the co-op into what the future looks like? So let me just give you, let me paint a picture. If you look at where we've come from, you know, we could say today we're in, you know, we went from an industrialization perspective. Today we're more in a data-driven world. Mm. And what does that mean for the co-op and where do we, how do we utilize data to get us to that next place? And the, the, the key things and the mega trends that are driving our utility industry 
today, it's really key, four key areas. One, decarbonization. There's a lot of talk on uh, uh, greenhouse gases and carbon emissions and the like. And so that's a big driver um, in moving towards how we see more and more clean energy being deployed um, within the, not only just Virginia, but uh, throughout the world. The next thing is digitization. I talked about data and everything becoming digital. Who would have thought that, you know, we can hold a device in our hands that's essentially a very fast computer, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the trajectory of where we've gone into and that continues to impact what we do. Thirdly, decentralization. Historically, what we've done is we've built these big power plants way out you know, in the middle of nowhere, transmitted it and then distributed it and then consumed it. Well, now you as the consumer can also generate your own power. It's a, it's, mm -hmm. it's a terminology we call prosumers, right? So that we're seeing more and more uh, distributed energy resources as we would call them, things like, you know, solar on the home, batteries and things like that, becoming more and more uh, uh, common within our industry. And the last thing that's driving the change is electrification in the energy ecosystem. And that is from heating to electric vehicles and other many areas of moving everything towards electrification. And if you really boil down to it, if you look at when you look at your disposable income, for example, most likely a majority of it is spent on things that rely on electricity. Mm -hmm. So we play a key foundation, mm -hmm. if you really think of it, but at the same time, on making sure we could get there to provide that benefit to the member at the affordable cost, but using the latest technology. So I know I said a lot on that, but let me give an example. <laughs> Just, you know, sometime this year, we'll be launching a new rate that will allow our members to charge their electric vehicles at night um, when power for us is cheap on the market, when, uh, or, when cost of power is cheap. So we could provide a credit if a member schedules um, the, the car to charge at specific times. Wow. Those are the kind of innovations that we're thinking about and we're talking about. But a lot of that also relies on data. We mm. need to understand how the you know the charging works, and we need to understand how the networks look like. And so that's just an example. I know I gave you these four big mega trends, but that's a specific example of one of the things that we're looking at as we consider changes into um, into the future. Wow. And everything you have just said really embodies the idea that the electric industry seems to be moving at an increasingly fast pace. Um, Peter, we all need more people like you around um, because you're the numbers guy. I can't. I cannot work with the numbers <laughs> at all. Um, but if you could give a little insight into, you kind of went over some things that REC is doing to adapt to the changes and to evolve and be innovative. Uh, both the new technologies and expectations, how is REC itself uh, managing all of those new areas that have emerged um, and are on the horizon, so such as maintaining uh, sustainability? Uh, that's a wonderful question, and, and, and thanks for that question. The reality of it is, at the end of the day, yes, we do have to look at the numbers, right? And, mm -hmm. and in fact, everything we do and everything we, we, we work on is to ensure that we can, if anything, I like to say we maintain rates where they are. My goal is, in fact, let's help to reduce the cost of electricity, right? Mm -hmm. Let's help to reduce the cost to the member. And so what are some of the things that we're doing? A good example right here in Spotsylvania County, where uh, the first electric co-op in Virginia to install a battery, and this battery will power, in case one of an outage, for example, can power about a thousand homes for eight hours. Wow. That is innovation right there. But that's not only the cool part about it. What really this battery does, it also goes ahead and makes sure that 
we don't have to spend money, additional funds to upgrade a system and it increases reliability. So in terms of when there's outage, that we can make sure that members are still uh, uh, connected. And that is important on the residential side of it. But think of a business that relies right. on electricity uh, to continue to function. This is just one example of things we're going to continue to do that are economical today. And we know that they're the future of what our industry looks like that can really help to support our members. I could hear you talk all day. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, you know, I talk a lot, so you might. I, you know, <laughs> we can schedule that. Let's get, yeah. So, <laughs> it's a good thing you're not a lawyer then. <laughs> you're mentioning all this technology and you even mentioned, you know, we have computers in our hands now. Um, you know, that smart technology is just booming and booming so fast. How will this help drive change for business and economic development? Absolutely. So, you know, what's exciting to me, and let me just give a simple example. In my own home, I walk up to my door, the door's unlocked. I don't have to, I don't carry keys anymore. In fact, mm. I love it because I drive a car that does not have an actual key. My key looks like a business card, mm -hmm. but really it's all controlled from my phone, right? And, wow. and, and that's the future of where we could see technology leading us, right? Mm. When we think about all the smart devices that are out there being deployed, this is a way that businesses can continue to interact with um, with our consumers on an everyday basis. We are playing the role of working with everyone to ensure that, one of all, first of all, let's understand how you consume your electricity. Let's help you consume it in the most efficient way. I talked right. about you know, the most expensive and the second most expensive way, right? So if we can help someone consume in the most effective way, that is one of our biggest goals. Secondly, as we work with businesses to find innovative ways, let's say it's the a grocery store, and we could put we can work with that to put electric vehicle charges right at that grocery store. Yeah. That right away begins to increase more traffic to that place mm -hmm. and simple things like that. So as we look at all these smart technologies and and all these smart devices that are coming into, um, we we want to utilize that as a way to increase. Um, productivity. And I could tell you, and, and COVID has taught us, this pandemic has taught us one thing, electricity is crucial. Mm. Um, I, I This is the mm. longest I've ever had to work from home. And, <laughs> and I can tell you, I, I'm a people person. And so this has been frustrating, right? Not to be mm. around people. But the one thing I realize is if my power goes out, I am completely crippled, right? Mm. So if I can find simple technologies, if I can find ways to bring in uh, businesses that can help support um, uh, residents and even other businesses to to deploy technologies that could keep us up all the time and things like that. It's not only just economic growth, but also it provides the opportunity uh, for everyone to be connected at any mm -hmm. given time. I'll throw in one more thing that's, you know, strong interest, you know, as we see broadband becoming more relevant and, mm -hmm. and, and deployed throughout our territory, that will just continue to increase the capability of businesses uh, either locating or actually even more people moving. Now we go from the typical rural to urban uh, migration. Now we begin to see the urban to rural migration mm -hmm. because the technologies exist. Uh, they've got the internet access and people can work remotely. And so that's how we're looking at how we continue to drive economic development throughout our territory. Wow. I think I need to have an off-air conversation of how do you keep your phone charged that long if it controls your life because... I was thinking Mine's about already at 50% <laughs> and it's only 
I think eleven o'clock. I think <laughs> Peter might be too smart to do TikTok, and I think that's our problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think Peter's probably well, looking at more important. You know, he goes, well, I, dot, dot, dot. I may or may not be on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I mean, if once you could do the floss, <laughs> you can do any TikTok dance. I mean, that's just the that's true. if you can floss, then you can do any TikTok dance, right? And so, well, Peter, cool. I fun. think. Like Anna said, we could talk to you all day. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I will certainly take away is that I am so glad that there's people like you trying to think through all mm-hmm. these solutions for us to make a better world. And I think this is also a huge testament to the type of people that REC is investing in to make sure that they are the best co-op to serve their customers in their sorry, their uh, members in the future. So with that, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope to see you soon in person. Absolutely, Kyle. And I just got to give a shout out to the 430 employees we have at Rappahannock. They're the ones making it happen. They're the ones every day making this happen. So shout out to them and and really excited to uh, spend more time with uh, with the chamber. So thank you for having me today. Thank Thanks you. for joining us. All righty, guys. So we have a wonderful business spotlight with us. Um, it has been a very long time since we have seen this gentleman, and it is so exciting to be sitting right across the table from you. Uh, we are with the director of the Good Shepherd Preschool, Gary Wagner. Gary, how are you doing? Great. Good morning. Thanks for having me on this today. Absolutely. Yeah, the last time we saw you was at your ribbon cutting. Yes, that was in November of 2019, so it's nice. been a little while. <laughs> That's right. That was my first ribbon cutting. Mm-hmm. It's so too. exciting. Yeah. Well, Gary, thank you for joining us on the Good News Fredericksburg podcast series, uh, where we get to know our members a little bit more. Um, and we always like to start off with just that. So if you could tell our listeners if they have no idea who you are or what the Good Shepherd Preschool um, does in our community, could you let us know? Sure. Uh, we started the preschool, um, as I said, uh, in November. That was marking our beginning, mm-hmm. celebrating the opening. We didn't actually open the school for students because of COVID and a lot of other delays until October of 2020. Um, But we're a brand new preschool in Fredericksburg. Um, I'm the director. I have been a member of uh, Highway Assembly of God for over 30 years, and the preschool is a ministry of our church. So when the board decided to start a preschool, they were looking for someone to kick it off and they asked me and I agreed to do it. <laughs> so that's how I got where I am today. Um, in my previous life, I worked for the Department of the Navy in public affairs for several years. So my experience has been a lot in terms of public relations and organization and that kind of thing. So I guess it was a good fit to start a new preschool. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And uh, it's funny when we were on the phone, we were trying to coordinate a time to have this interview. You're like, well, I'm the bookkeeper, I'm the director, I'm the janitor. Like, like you're just listing everything that you do for the preschool. So I, I know that they're lucky to have you. Well, it's my pleasure. Tell us a little bit. You said, you know, we know y'all were delayed a little bit because of the pandemic and stuff. But how how did that really affect you guys this past year? Like every other um, early daycare center throughout the mm-hmm. state, um, it has affected us all in that enrollment is very low, Mm -hmm. at least during the the height of the pandemic. Um, As schools tried to reopen and they were prepared to reopen safely, uh, we found that 
a lot of families were probably still reticent to send mm-hmm. their very young children. We're talking Absolutely. three and four years old, preschool, reticent to send them back to an, an environment like that, mm-hmm. even though we followed all CDC guidelines and were prepared and have opened safely and continue to operate safely. So I think there was just a, a hesitancy mm-hmm. that has improved over just since the start of the year. We opened in October with just three students, three little ones, mm-hmm. and today we have a full class. Uh, we have Good. 12 in our class enrolled. Um, so over the past few months, there's been quite a, an increase in people mm-hmm. comfortable with sending their children back to school and having that opportunity for you know, education, for mm-hmm. socialization with their right. friends, all those things that are important for children. Absolutely. That socialization is very important and we've all been missing that <laughs> over the past year, you know, so that's, that's awesome. Do y'all have, is it an everyday program? Do y'all have like a two day, three day? How does that work? Sure. We, we are very flexible. Um, so we'll, we'll work with a family based on their needs. Okay. Uh, we're open five days a week. Our full day is our full day program is from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. We also offer half-day preschool okay. from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. So parents have the option of either signing up for a half-a-day program for their child or full day, mm-hmm. and they can tell us how many days a week they need, wow, uh, two, three, four, five. We have children in just about every category. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. A lot of them aren't as flexible as that, so that's that that's a very nice thing that you all offer. Yeah, we're happy to do it. Well, especially with um, some schools have the flex schedule. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're at home a few days a week and then they're in school um, another. So, that might be a good option for them if they're looking to, you know, do that. So Yes, and that brings up another initiative that we started. Mm-hmm. After we opened, we found that um, the public school system was still not back full-time, of course. Right. And we found that, you know, students were – still at home a part of the week during doing distance learning. Mm-hmm. And we were concerned that if mom and dad have to go back to work after so many months being off, what would they be doing with the children? How would they have care for their children? So we expanded our offering and we set up a distance learning center. Oh, wow. And we run that for children in grades K through five. So if a family, mom and dad are back at work, and their children are at home one, two, three days a week doing distance learning, they can enroll them with us and they can come there. Uh, We have Wi-Fi in the building that they can hook up to all their distance learning programs. We have a teacher there that helps them stay on track, (laughs) not get distracted. (laughs) You're right. And uh, provide other activities for them during the day when they're off from their classes. Uh, We have a great gym. They can Mm -hmm. go in and play sports. Um, we do crafts. We do other projects with them when they have free time. So that's worked well. We have half a dozen students uh, in that center oh, wow. today. That's awesome. That's good you to know, know. We, we keep talking about how these businesses keep pivoting. I'll say that word again. <laughs> um, but that is, that's a, that's a great offering. Sure. You know, there's, there's always big siblings to the little siblings and vice sure. versa. So yeah. that is awesome. Gary. Well, I know you guys have an open house coming up. Is that correct? Yes, we have an open house 
uh, scheduled for Friday, April the 16th from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Awesome. So it's an opportunity for families who might be looking for a preschool for next year mm-hmm. uh, to come in and uh, meet our staff, uh, tour the facility, see what we can offer, take home information, learn about us as a faith-based preschool and what we're all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and if, if families enroll by April 16th, we're, we're doing an early registration right oh, now. Cool. So if, if they enroll by the 16th, then we will give them, uh, they qualify for a 10% discount on monthly tuition for next year. Wow. So that's an option that we're providing as well. That's a big Very deal. Cool. So if people want to come by, um, can you tell us like y'all's address, how they can get a hold of you, all that good stuff? Sure. All this information is on our website, of course. Um, that's uh, gspreschool.highwayag.org. Uh, the information is there about the open house. You can also book a tour with us there, uh, an individual tour on another day or time if that open house date is not convenient for you and you asked me something else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the website's great. What about like a telephone number? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the address is 2221 Jefferson Davis Highway mm-hmm. in Fredericksburg, 22401. We're right in the city, right on Route 1. The uh, phone number is 540-371-7662. That's some good memory. I don't know our office number. I don't ever call our office. office I don't really know our address, to be quite honest. Put you on the spot, Gary. I just know how to get here. Yeah, that was good, Gary. Gary knows his preschool, guys. Um, Now, Gary, uh, real quick. So, one, thank you for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, I believe you provide great insight into what you guys do and our members are learning a little bit more about the preschool and how possibly they can utilize it uh, moving forward as we transition uh, through these times. Now, uh, Rappahannock Electric Cooperative is our sponsor of this series and they have provided us with a grant to distribute amongst all of our spotlight guests um, and you being one of them. So we're happy to provide a small check from REC to help assist in any little thing that you guys could possibly utilize utilize it for in this time. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Absolutely. We're happy to do it. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. It's always a delight to see you, and we hope that lots of people enroll and visit you at your open house. Thanks so much, and thank you for the support that you've provided us uh, as the chamber to us as a new business in town. It's been wonderful, and we, we are very grateful to you. You got it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Good News Fredericksburg series on the We Are Business podcast. Be sure to like, share, subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And if you enjoyed this series, leave a positive review.